Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here we go, Hour 3 on a great day for Talk Radio. It's the Wednesday edition, and uh, usually we're joined by the likes of Ernie Eves, a former Premier and Finance Minister, MIA. He's a wall. He's somewhere on a golf course somewhere, I'm sure. Instead, Peggy Nash is with us, visiting professor at Ryerson University, former Canadian labor official, and former NDP MP for Parkdale High Park. Peggy, it's always a pleasure to see you. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you you for coming in. And Catherine Swift is back with us, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business and currently the spokesperson for Working Canadians. How's Catherine? Great, thanks, John. I appreciate your coming in as well. Boy, this is a a propitious time to have both of you here because there's a lot happening. You know, this whole thing, the talk of uh, NAFTA, if we can still call it that, uh, especially in the aftermath of the Mexicans and the Americans making their deal earlier in a week. It seems like it's created a sense of urgency. And the other thing is that uh, supply management has sort of become a focal point. Like this was going to be a trading chip uh, to get maybe concessions on reduced tariffs, uh, you know, with auto steel, what, who knows what, uh, in the grand scheme of things. Let me start with you, uh, Catherine Swift. I mean, is supply management worth sacrificing on the altar of, uh, not least of which would be fairness to consumers in Canada? Well, I think it is. Uh, I think a lot of countries around the world have phased out similar systems. Again, ours isn't identical to what's happening in other countries. Most countries do, however, subsidize agriculture one way or another, and and we've chosen this so-called supply management system. I think what's likely, however, is not a a total sacrifice on the altar, uh, but rather uh, an erosion of it. We we saw in the uh, European deal, there, there there was some watering down of a lot of the provisions. I can see that happening. So I suspect it'll probably uh, phase itself out over a period of time. But again, it, we know that the whole situation with Trump is unpredictable. So if he says, nope, it's it's all or nothing, I, I don't think that's impossible. I don't think it's likely, however. All right. Peggy, the supply management, especially when it pertains to dairy, you know, milk, cheese, eggs, and so on, and poultry, it seems like a protectionist racket, doesn't it? Well, it's a way of providing stability for farmers, for producers, so that uh, one year there's not a glut to drive down prices and drive them out of business, and and then the next year there's a shortfall which is met overwhelmingly by imports. So it's a way to provide stability. Do consumers pay um, more sometimes as a result? Yes, they do, but it does provide them with stability and access to a Canadian supply. But here I, I think I have to agree with something that Catherine said, that I think it is quite possible that there will be some changes to supply management, given that the Liberals are already willing to do that with the European uh, trade deal. Um, I mean, I think it would be unlikely that Donald Trump wouldn't say, me too, that I I I want at least that deal. He may try to press it further. Um, Personally, as Catherine said, most countries have some subsidy for Uh, agricultural products. I'd hate to see us get rid of supply management. Could we increase the amount of foreign uh, domestic input, perhaps? But 
I think, you know, our farmers are important and having some security, they make big financial investments and right. having some security for that investment is important for them. All right. I think too, though, we've seen other countries phase it out and yet their farmers also do very, very well because yeah. we can't export because because we've put right. such clamp Bonus. on imports. We can't, our farmers can't export. Sure. So I think there's probably some middle ground here that can be reached that will still benefit farmers. There's no doubt dairy farmers have done very, very well by supply management in Canada. They're very, very financially well off. And of course, you'd like stability of supply and whatnot, but at what price? Well, hey, the stat says uh, something something like back in 1971, there were over 100,000 family farms uh, or dairy farms. Now we're down to, what, uh, 14,000 or something like that? It's about that. And they're, they're mega. They're all p- pretty much mega operations as well. Right. That, that classic little, you know, 100 yeah. herd uh, dairy farm doesn't exist anymore. And but it's also about quality, too. I mean, I, I do recall a few years back, a number of years back, there was a huge scare around milk powder products, I think coming in from China, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and there was contamination. And, uh, you know, being Canadian source doesn't guarantee 100% quality, but I have confidence basically in the flu- food supply system in Canada. I think that is also a factor to consider. All right. And so uh, all parties actually say they're not willing to uh, cede that point. But as you say, Catherine, uh, it may just be a different permutation going forward. Do you think we're going to actually uh, come out with a deal that will be uh, beneficial to Canada, Peggy? Well, I sure hope so. The government has said repeatedly that it wants the best deal possible for Canadians. I would caution against getting stampeded by Donald Trump into some arbitrary deadline. We've seen de- deadlines come and go, and it's not really clear that Donald Trump has the power. In fact, he probably doesn't have it's the power. He just tear up NAFTA, right. and Congress does. So, uh, you know, I, I think we do need to make sure we get the best deal for Canada because whatever we negotiate, we're going to have to live with it for some time. And I, and I would say, you know, we, we want a good deal for Canadian businesses, but this can't just be a good deal for Wall Street. It has to be a good deal for working Canadians as well. And I think that's something that under the old NAFTA, there wasn't enough attention paid to. There were some labor standards that have never been enforced. And I I think the... Setting a minimum wage for half of auto parts is a is a very good step. Sixteen bucks an hour in Mexico. That's, that's uh, a good step. These are union jobs now. Yeah, it's a good step uh, philosophically, or because a lot of companies will say, "Well, you know, uh, if the labor costs all being equal, we might as well come back to the states or to Canada and locate our plants." Well, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd like to see Canadian workers benefit from trade, and, and we lost a heck of a lot of auto parts jobs here in Canada. So many plants closed, thousands of workers lost their jobs. I'd love to see some of those jobs come back. On the other hand, you know, Mexican workers didn't exactly make out like bandits here. Even though jobs came, uh, wages were incredibly low. They had uh, business-dominated unions. There was really nobody acting That's on That's why the behalf. plants were located there, because it was exactly. the path of least was resistance. Exactly. Their comparative advantage was to take advantage of low wages. Didn't really help Mexican workers, I don't think. Sure didn't help Canadian workers. 
So, uh, you know, is there is there a way to help raise the floor for Mexican workers? I think that would be a positive thing. Well, how would is that accrue to our benefit, though? It, well, uh, it, that doesn't. That helps Mexican workers and better that they're not living in abject poverty. But what would be great is if we brought some jobs back to Canada. You can't unscramble the egg of NAFTA and the intercontinental well, it, integration of free trade. But I think, you know, there there are jobs being repatriated in the U.S. I think there could be jobs that are repatriated to Canada. Uh, do you think that can happen? I mean, this idea that if the Mexican wage component is raised significantly, uh, people might say, what the heck, might as well bring the jobs back here. Do you think that could happen, Catherine? Well, I, I think it would have, well, I don't think $16 an hour is going to do it. For no. starters, that's not realistic in, in the Canadian context. Um, so, and I think too, a lot of the jobs that were lost had everything to do with technology as mm. well, you know, technology, sweeping industries, including autos. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if a lot of those jobs are coming back because, uh, you know, the structure of the industry has changed so profoundly. Are, uh, automobile companies were, you know, are they willing to invest mega bucks back into the Canadian market? I'm not sure. I, I just don't know. I don't think, I don't think it's a, it's a real possibility. Let me ask you another question pertains to business. Earlier today, uh, Doug Ford announced that uh, come October 1, they're going to drop the component, the cap and trade thing, you know, as they've uh, put forth the bill to uh, kill cap and trade uh, on your uh, natural gas bills. They're going to save you, uh, they say, $80 a year for consumers and businesses up to $285 a year because uh, the reduction will be approximately 3.3 cents per cubic meter in the price of natural gas. Uh, The critics are lamenting this, uh, suggesting that you would have done better as a consumer or a business under the old uh, liberal uh, scheme of things where you get subsidies and uh, for retrofitting businesses, you know, the windows and uh, energy efficient components to your furnace and so on. But uh, my thinking is I'd rather have the green in my jeans. How do you see it from a business perspective? These business people would save on their natural gas. Well, I, I think all these investments, if they're worth doing, they don't, they should not need to be subsidized. And I think there was a lot of fairly uh, dicey uh, arrangements that were subsidizing some of these improvements that really didn't either make a whole heck of a lot of difference or people were paying much more than they needed to. Uh, the market will sort things out eventually. And if it if it is going to save people money, they should be willing to invest. I mean, a lot of the, this particular thing isn't a huge big deal in and of itself. I think the important thing is what do, what are they going to do on hydro overall that was totally messed up for, you know, mm. so, so very many years under the Liberals uh, and, and getting rid of things like, you know, electric car subsidies for people buying, you know, $70,000 cars and stuff like that. I mean, to me, this should be no-brainers. And and I think it's a move in the right direction. This is what the government got voted in on. That's one of the many things. But, you know, that was one of the things. So they are following through on something that they said they'd do. Peggy, move in the right direction? Or do you think that the whole green energy plan with retrofit subsidies and so on and so forth would be more beneficial to, uh, say, uh, John Q. Public? Well, you know, they, they did campaign on this. They did get elected on getting rid of cap-and-trade. Uh, you know, it, it's this is a summer when, you know, it just seems so many parts of the world are burning up. Uh, we had flash floods here in Toronto that created, you know, several feet deep of sewage on our streets. And, and it just seems to me the climate change thing is urgent and that governments need to act. We don't know if Doug Ford has a plan and if he's going to act on climate change, but... Um, you know, getting rid of this plan. Yeah, you know, saving somebody six or seven bucks a year. Um, well, it's a little more. No, it's uh, 80 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. So, or pardon me, six or seven bucks a month, oh, sorry. Okay. 
um, on their on their gas bill. Um, you know, I, I just think if you pool your money together, there are other things you can do. Um, if you put money invested into transit, if you you know, it's not just home subsidies, although I think encouraging people to have better energy efficiency is a positive thing. Uh, but, but, it, but, but if it's a better mousetrap, this is the point that Catherine was making. The world will beat a path to your door. if you. But make- I can't build my own subway, right? I can't buy my own streetcar. So uh, money from cap and trade went into... Uh, our cities into transit. There are, yes, there are individual solutions like retrofitting our homes, but there were also collective decisions that we make as a society. Do I think the liberals did a great job in bringing in cap and trade and how they they did these various deals with companies? No, I do not. Um, but I also think that Doug Ford is going to find that there are costs to breaking contracts that he's going to have to consider that might end up costing us more in the long term well all right we'll wait to see uh that's so where... far he's he's actually passed laws to say that he doesn't have to be he lost the tesla lawsuit we'll see we'll so. see how it shakes he, we'll he, see how it all shakes. Yeah, the, the tesla, tesla thing was a special case though, it, but it was they, one they were case, excluded yeah. yeah and everybody else was included so yeah. that was a bit of a, a right. bit of an oddball so situation. the judge saw them as a de facto dealership as opposed to exactly it was how he defined how they distributed cars but anyways yeah Yeah. all right i wanted to come back there's another interesting story from uh the toronto sun today writing about incentivizing small businesses to hire immigrants first and foremost this is a trudeau policy initiative uh we'll see how the folks feel about that Catherine swift peggy nash in studio on the oakley show global news radio 640 toronto